Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. The Denver Broncos have lost their eighth football game of the year. Officially dropping them to three and eight, and I guess I want to know where all those Brandon Allen supporters are right now that thinks he's going to be the next franchise quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And that's not me taking a, a swipe at Brandon Allen, and that's not me taking a swipe at the Denver Broncos or even the fans of Brandon Allen. That's me just saying it's been very clear that Brandon Allen has not been the answer at quarterback through these three games although he got you the win against the Cleveland Browns and while that was exciting and it's a cool story I've said I've enjoyed it I appreciate his story I appreciate his enthusiasm his family the success that he has but Brandon Allen just isn't the answer and we got to dive into that will Drew Locke be playing against the Los Angeles Chargers starting quarterback for the first time of the Denver Broncos on Sunday I want to look ahead and answer that question, and I want to go through the mastermind, the evil mastermind that is Vic Fangio. I want to go through his defense a little bit. Is this defense really as good as they say they are? We're going to answer all these questions here in the next 25 minutes. What's going on, everybody? This is Luke, host of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation, and the first thing I want to know is whether or not Anyone out there is truly surprised that the Bills beat the Broncos. Now, I know that the Bills have had 
kind of a cupcake schedule and have some wins over teams that are uh, less than average, if we're going to be honest. But they just out-physicaled the Denver Broncos yesterday. They straight-up bullied the Denver Broncos. I saw the Broncos players get pushed around, literally. And I saw the coaching staff just, I don't want to say clueless, but I, I just, they're not passing the test. Nobody's passing the test. The coaches can't play for the players, and the players can't implement the scheme and concepts that the coaches are trying to put out there. And the Denver Broncos are a bad football team. Now, when you look at this loss, the first thing everybody likes to do, and I'm guilty of it too, I run to the box score, and I actually want to see those numbers for the quarterback. And Brandon Allen, 10 for 25. 10 for 25, 82 yards, one interception, and four sacks. That means in 2019, in a day and age where passing offenses are more productive and more efficient than they've ever been, Brandon Allen quarterback of the Denver Broncos has not passed for over a hundred yards in the game against Buffalo. That is straight up embarrassing. That's an indictment on this football team on the lack of talent, the lack of depth and coaching. I just don't know where to start. Excuse me. Now I'm not going to say that Brandon Allen is the problem, but Brandon Allen is what he is. He's a six round pick for a reason. Now, I was guilty of being in the Trevor Simeon camp and, you know, I'll own it. I was a Simeon guy. I was one of those guys saying, pay the guy his money. I think he can do it. But since then, I've tried to really back off and truly evaluate players for what they are and not what they could be. And that's the biggest problem in the NFL. You try to recognize potential and you try to mold that potential and put it in an ideal offensive scheme that's going to have success. Well, Brandon Allen didn't have that at all. The offensive line played putrid. I thought that Garrett Bowles, the little stat between um, Kevin Harlan and Rich Gannon that they pulled up saying that Garrett Bowles is leading the league in in penalties right now, specifically for holding, and I think there were some false starts and there were 13. That's an absolute embarrassment and nothing's changed. I've called Garrett Bowles a bust since last year. I don't want to go into talking about Garrett Bowles. I've done it so many times. I'm over it. He is what he is. And if they want to continue to let quarterbacks get killed back there, if they want to continue to let this left tackle hold, literally hold their team hostage, they can do that. And that's what they're doing. In fact, Vic Vangio was asked today by one of my good friends, Cecil Lammy, over at 104.3 The Fan. I was on with him two week, last week. I was on with him and he asked me, you know, what should the Broncos do with Drew Locke? Should Drew Locke start, you know, now? And it's like, yes, Drew Locke should have been starting yesterday. I have no patience for this waiting for Drew Locke, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. Cecil Lammy asked Vic Fangio, point blank, do you see any different rotations at offensive line coming? Or can there be any different plug and plays there? And Fangio in typical Fangio style answered, yeah, we're looking at that, but shouldn't you have been looking at this since training camp? You have a Hall of Fame offensive lineman and an offensive line coach on your staff. You had to bring him here. He wasn't good enough. Mike Munchak wasn't good enough to be your head coach, but he was damn good enough to be your offensive line coach. And I don't see any difference other than I hope it was 
Munchak. I really do. I hope it was Munchak banging the table for Dalton Reisner. Because that's the one difference you can truly point to between this year and last year. When you look at the offensive line, what's the difference? Well, the difference is Dalton Reisner. And obviously not having Matt Paradis back at center. Um, he was beat up. Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern, by the way, we got to get into Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern, I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's a viral video going on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, what have you, of defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, Shaq Lawson, going after Connor McGovern. Um, it's being alleged, <laughs> I guess, by Shaq Lawson, if you will, that Connor McGovern was trash talking him, saying, Oh, I haven't heard your name since college, blah, 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 blah. Well, Shaq Lawson went out there and got two sacks against this offensive line. And Shaq Lawson ran up to Connor McGovern after the game and said, I bet you know my name now. I got two sacks on your ass. And that's pretty much it. So not only is the offensive line allowing players to, with the exception of Dalton Reisner, not only are they allowing players to punk them on the field, but they're allowing them to punk them off the field. That is absolutely ridiculous that a defensive end after the game is going to come up, get in your face, and pretty much call you out in front of everyone when the game is over. The athletic competition is over. Now, I don't think that was a classy move. I think you do your speaking on the field. But, Connor McGovern, if you're trash-talking people, you better back it up. And giving up two sacks isn't backing it up. This offensive line is not backing it up. So I've got a serious, serious problem with the offensive line. They didn't protect protect Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen got absolutely blasted on a naked bootleg. Uh, his, court, his head seemed to, that helmet seemed to really hit the ground really tough. I was surprised he did not go into concussion protocol. But you look at the offense for the Denver Broncos, and there's not a lot to look at. You look at the rushing attack, I told you the Broncos needed to run the ball last week against this Buffalo Bills team, right? Phil Blinsey only got 13 carries for 57 yards. You're looking at Royce Freeman, two carries for 20 yards. I mean, that's terrible. That's terrible rushing. The Broncos, as a team, got three rushing first downs. Do you know how many the Buffalo Bills got? The Bills got 13. 13 rushing first downs against three. So where this Rich Gangarello, West Coast, Shanahan, McVay offense is, I don't know. But you're still seeing little cute gadget plays. You're still seeing your number one receiver not being targeted nearly enough or producing. Cortland Sutton, I think, had one reception the whole game. Your leading receiver was, surprise, surprise, Noah Fant. I said it last week on KOA with... Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright, I told them that Noah Fant, I was afraid that Noah Fant would be, you know, force-fed the ball. And it appears like that's just the case. Royce Freeman, two receptions, nine yards. Tim Patrick, I wrote a, a column saying that he could be the Broncos' number two, but he's not going to be the number two receiver with a performance like his last week. One reception, three yards. He did have a drop. Um... The offense was just absolutely putrid. They got bullied. They got beat. Rich Gangarello does not seem to have any idea how to adjust offenses. And that's a major problem. I don't know how you do it. 
I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not going to pretend to know how to operate an NFL offense. I have a hard enough time analyzing an NFL offense. And I'm always learning and trying to surround myself with people and resources and tools and any bit of scouting material or education or analytical data, anything that I can find that I can try and learn and utilize. I'm not seeing that from Rich Gangarello. I'm not seeing him reaching out. Maybe he is. Maybe he's reaching out to Mike Munchak. Mike, I, I need some help here. What are you thinking here? Coach Fangio, I need some help here. What are you thinking here? I don't know if that's going on. I don't know if it's not going on. But at least the public perception, I don't think that Broncos country would mind if Rich Gangarello came out there and said, this has been tough. I'm having a, I'm having a tough time, but I'm going to get through it. I think sometimes talking in the PR cliches um, is a very safe way to play things out if you're a player and a coach. But if you're a member of the media or um, a member of a football fan base like Broncos country, it's going to frustrate you. Because it almost seems like at times there's just a hint of arrogance there. Like, yeah, this is my offense. I got it. And it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Does your offense have it? I mean, nine first downs to 22 first downs. Buffalo got 22. Denver got nine. You know, the rushing rushing first downs, we talked about that. Three rushing first downs the entire game against the Bills who just ran all over you with 13. You look at total plays, and it's telling you this stat right here. 46 plays for 134 total yards. That's the Broncos. Versus 73 plays for 424 yards. That is pathetic. Patrick Mahomes, I think this year against the Jacksonville Jaguars, it might have been the first or second game of the season. He may have even had multiple games where he passed for over 200 yards and a half. And I'm sure there are other quarterbacks. Ah, excuse me. I'm sure there are other quarterbacks on other 31 NFL franchises that have done so. Also, you look at Russell Wilson. The guy is playing out of his mind right now. But the Denver Broncos, they're just simply hanging on to it and punting. Hanging on to it and punting, possessing the ball for about 25 minutes as opposed to the 35 minutes for the Bills. So that's about that 10 to 15 minute difference that we're typically seeing in these games. But for me, one of the nastiest stats of all, yards per play. Now that's an average. It's a very, it is what it is, right? How many yards on average is the offensive unit gaining per down? The Denver Broncos against the Buffalo Bills gained 2.9 yards per play against the Buffalo Bills gaining 5.8 yards per play. Now I'm not a math major, but multiply 2.9 times two. And I think it's 5.8. So that just goes to show you how putrid this offense is. This offense isn't getting better. It's just changing its, its, its woes. It's getting another quarterback beat up that doesn't have a lot of experience. It's letting your offensive line stay exposed and quite literally hold you hostage. You had three guys, Dalton Reisner, Connor McGovern, and Ron Leary missing practice last week. How much practice are those guys going to miss this week? Ron Leary is, it's a miracle that guy practices at all. And I'm not taking a shot at Ron. I've been out there at training camp, interviewed Ron, been at his pressers. Ron's a good guy. I like Ron. But the guy just isn't available in terms of health. I mean, he's out there. He's a warm body, but 
I'm not seeing production. So those are some of the major problems I have on the offense. Now, before we get to the quarterback controversy and before we talk to Drew Locke, or before we talk to Drew Locke, before we talk about Drew Locke, I got to address this defense. Because this defense likes to prop itself up. This defense has some swag with players like Chris Harris Jr. and the newly appointed linebacker, Alexander Johnson, this year. I mean, he has been a home run hitter for Vic Fangio. Justin Simmons is balling out of control. He got an interception, eight tackles against the Bills. But I'm looking at some of these these tendencies from Vic Fangio right now, and I don't like it. One of the biggest things that I noticed in watching the film and even in watching the game, game film, again, I'm going to do it. I should be doing weekly plugs for NFL, I feel like. Go get Coach's Pass, get the Coach's Film. Comes out on Tuesday afternoons, I think. So watch that. I'm set to watch it here again uh, in another day or so. But I have to, if you don't have it, just DVR the game. Watch it on mute. Fast forward through the commercials. That's what I have to do before my podcast because the tape doesn't come out. The Coach's Film doesn't come out until after this podcast. But watch that film. And the one thing you're going to see with Vic Fangio, you're going to see that offenses against Vic Fangio, they go to that no huddle. And they completely expose Vic Fangio's defense. They expose his substitutions, not being able to get players on and off the field, whether that be personnel substitutions or uh, schematic substitutions. You're going from base to nickel or dime. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Uh, disguises. He's not able to throw together any disguises or blitz packages. He's not able to camouflage any of his defensive schemes. He's leaving his defense wide open to be read by the quarterback. And when he's doing that, you're going to get taken advantage of. Josh Allen for the Bills, I mean, 15 for 25, 185 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And I liked Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. I wish the Broncos would have nabbed him up. Um, The question's been asked, would you rather have Bradley Chubb or Josh Allen? I'm going to say the quarterback every time. I don't know if Josh Allen's going to be a great quarterback in this league, but he certainly is a um, for sure candidate, I think. I mean, the guy seems to have it all. He's got the rocket of an arm. He's mobile. He can move. Uh, I think he has the potential to be the Bills franchise quarterback. He's getting there. I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer right now or anything like that or even a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But I think to simply shrug off Josh Allen's performance would be a mistake. Um, The guy, talk about a cannon. 
throwing into the wind like that was a huge problem for Brandon Allen. Wasn't a problem for Josh Allen. Josh Allen's used to slinging around that rock up there at Wyoming. He knows wind. So watching Josh Allen pick apart that defense, I wasn't too happy. Um, Certain thing I got to get off my chest, and it's with Strap Harris. It's Chris Harris Jr. And I'm not trying to call out Chris Harris Jr., but I'm saying this is the second week that I'm watching an opposing wide receiver number one get touchdowns over you. Now, I know the quick argument against the Minnesota Vikings touchdown, and in case you missed that game, Stephon Diggs burned Chris Harris Jr. for a 54-yard touchdown pass. Vic Fangio immediately came out and said the safety should have been there, and he wasn't. I think that was supposed to be Kareem Jackson's responsibility. But in this game, you're seeing CHJ get beat by John Brown for a 34-yard touchdown pass in the back of the end zone from Josh Allen. And Justin Simmons was the safety on that side of the field. That left that left side cornerback is Chris Harris. And while he still had Simmons deep, I, I don't I, I just don't get why he's getting beat. I mean, if you're gonna come out there in your press conferences and say, I'm on the number one receiver, I'm the lockdown all the time, that you gotta stop giving up touchdowns, man. It's simple as that. And I like Chris Harris Jr. I want him to stay. I want him to be a Bronco for life. I think he is a top ten quarterback in this cornerback in this in this league. But over the last two weeks, when you start giving out grades and you start watching film, value's gone down just to skosh. I mean, fifty-four yard touchdown pass and thirty-four yard touchdown pass back to back weeks, opposing offenses, different schemes. Very, very concerning if you're a fan of Chris Harris Jr a fan of Broncos country, or even just a defensive football fan. I mean, I like watching good defenses. It's To me, I think defense has got to be one of the toughest positions to play in the NFL, especially with the rule changes and everything like that. So I'm a little, little disappointed in CHJ. I'm looking to see a lot more out of him, uh, especially as he's getting ready to go up against Keenan Allen from the Los Angeles Chargers. And I think it was Keenan Allen uh, the last time the Broncos played the Chargers in L.A., and I believe they picked up their very first win in L.A. And it was Keenan Allen saying on Twitter, I think the next day or something, Chris Harris Jr. couldn't even carry his jock strap or something like that. I mean, just absolutely crazy nonsense. So I'm I'm looking to see it. Let's see it, strap. You know, I'm time. I'm, I'm it's ready. It's ready. It's everything is setting up for you to have your game. You've got your trash talk going with Keenan Allen. Philip Rivers, you've never been a fan of his, and he's not a fan of yours either. So everything's setting up for CHJ to have a big game. I need him to go out and prove it like I know he can, and it's time to get that going. But I got to talk about the defensive line a little bit. Adam Gotsis. Um, I know Adam Gotsis has been out there after first being benched for Demarcus Walker, but he's since come back, and he's done okay. There was... There were two plays with Adam Gotsis in watching film that I was a little concerned about. First play, there was an offensive lineman that smacked um, Gotsis in the helmet right in his face mask, and Gotsis immediately is calling for the um, the flag. I'm thinking, okay, they, why aren't they flagging that? And then I'm thinking again when I'm watching film, why are you allowing some another grown man to punch you right in the face? I don't get it. The next a few plays later down or even on the same series, Gotsis tries to jump up, and 
contest the ball and bat a ball from the quarterback throwing it. And that offensive lineman absolutely pancakes him. Just jacks number 99. Adam Gotsis on the ground. And Gotsis gets up and that's it. I mean, it, it just seems to me that that has been a metaphor for this football team. The Broncos continue to get pancaked. They continue to get flattened. They get punched in the mouth and... They might get a couple jabs in back at you, but overall, if you're fighting the Denver Broncos, it's probably a fight you're going to win. You're feeling pretty confident if you're the Los Angeles Chargers, even with Phillip Rivers. And Rivers is on a decline. I hope to God that John Elway doesn't see something in Phillip Rivers because John Elway seems to have this thing for quarterbacks, uh, particularly washed-up vets. Um, so I'm hoping that's not the case with Phillip Rivers, but... Uh, this defense has got to make adjustments. Vic Fangio has got to realize that offenses are going to come after him in that no huddle. Um, it's just simple as that. The product on what we saw on Sunday was embarrassing, and it just wasn't good enough. So today we were lucky enough to hear a little bit of Vic Fangio's press conference and um, elephant in the room. I mean, he was immediately asked if Drew Locke would be activated before Sunday. He said, quote, it's possible, yeah. We don't have to make a declaration on him until Tuesday, I believe. As far as this week goes, all options are on the table. We could activate him. We're just going to make that decision here in the next few days, end quote. So Fangio went on to talk about how he's hoping Locke gets uh, more practice time. That's been his big thing. As much as we made fun of uh, Vance Joseph for practice and having a good week of practice, you got Vic Fangio out there talking about Drew Locke in practice. So um, he pretty much alluded to the possibility that Drew Locke could be activated and he could be the starting quarterback. One of my big things, I, I see no reason why Drew Locke should not come up in here and start playing. He should be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos for the next five games. Bottom line, that five game that five game sample size will give you an idea on whether or not you need to draft a quarterback in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft, or if you can start to develop this quarterback by playing him and playing to his strengths. Now, I've said it before, Drew Locke, the Rich Gangarello West Coast offense is a very foreign offense for drew lock he prefers that spread system the air raid attack he's used to taking all his snaps from shotgun that being said i'm being told he's significantly improved with some of his footwork especially at practice you're looking at those three-step five-step drops you're looking at those boots those naked bootlegs um everything like that i'm told he's getting a little bit better Big concern, at least for me, watching him in training camp out there with the rest of the media, noticing the sidearm. He has that tendency to sidearm the ball when he gets in trouble. Um, could remind me a little bit of Jay Cutler at times just because the guy has freakish arm strength. I mean, his when he throws the ball, there's just it's effortless. And there's that little crisp noise that a football makes when it leaves when it leaves your hand just right and you can you can see it, you can hear it, and I think Drew Locke has the potential to be a decent quarterback. But if the Denver Broncos, for whatever reason, do not play Drew Locke this Sunday, I think Broncos country is going to let let the organization have it. I mean, you're looking at a weather forecast on Sunday of approximately 30 degrees. It's going to be cold. There's a massive snowstorm coming here in the Mile High City as we speak. And... 
I think people and and hearing people talk and listening to some of my neighbors and some of you out there in Broncos country on Twitter and everything else like that, I'm hearing a notion that people are saying they have better things to do than watch the Denver Broncos continue to lose. And when I start to hear things like that, it I'm very alarmed. And it, and just to be honest with you, it scares me. It's a little scary when you start hearing things like that because the Denver Broncos have been such a huge part of my life. Um being a fan of the Broncos, playing on their field in the first high school state championship game, playing for a high school football coach who was a Denver Bronco and is the voice of the Broncos, um, and now being a member of the media and covering the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos are so significant to the state of Colorado. And to see their fans, some of these diehard fans that have been riding with this team since the AFL days, say this is the worst it's ever been. It's not looking like we're seeing any changes. I have better things to do on my Sunday afternoon or my Sunday morning. That's concerning. That's absolutely concerning. And I think if the Broncos decided not to start Drew Locke, that would be a direct indictment on John Elway and this franchise's level of neglect at this quarterback position. I think that they would be making a humongous mistake if humongous. <laughs> I think they would be making a huge mistake by not playing Drew Locke at all this year. The bottom line is you have to figure out what you have in Drew Locke now. Can you afford to miss on Drew Locke and a first round draft pick? Let's say they get Justin Herbert, who didn't play that well against. Uh, well, he. Played okay. I think he got a few touchdowns in a, in about five or six minutes there. But uh, Justin Herbert didn't play very good from Oregon. You've got Jake Fromm. You've got Tua Tunga-Vailoa with that hip injury now. Um, you've got Joe Burrows out of LSU. You've got some rising stars in this 2020 draft class. So what happens if Drew Locke's on the roster and they take a quarterback? Would that be worse than if Joe Flacco's on the roster and Drew Locke's on the roster? I mean, I don't want the decision 2.0. I don't want I don't want quarterback controversy going into training camp. I want a young quarterback that's either a rookie or a sophomore in this NFL to be anointed the starter right away. And while I can respect and appreciate the fact that everybody has to work for their job and their title, that's not the way the draft works. The draft works based on talent and being a prospect. And if you're telling me that Drew Locke was good enough for you as a franchise to trade up with the Cincinnati Bengals to draft him in the second round, 41st or 42nd, 43rd overall, and you're not going to play him because you're either A, afraid he's a bust, or B, you're afraid you're going to ruin him. That's just playing not to lose. That's a terrible way of running this organization, and that's not the way that Pat Bolin would have run this organization, especially in today's day and age. He did everything he could to win. And my favorite quote, Pat Bolin, I signed it on all my emails, most of my things. I just, you know, I want to be number one at everything. I want to be number one at everything. And it doesn't get much better than that in terms of motivation. Uh, The Broncos have got to get together. I don't have them winning this week against the Chargers. I don't know how you can. And that's not me being a Debbie Downer. That's not me being a hater. 
Uh, I just refuse to look at things with orange or blue glasses on. I promise that my analysis, it's not always right, but it will always be honest and I will always give you my all. And I'm telling you right now, the Broncos are a bad football team. That's not to say they can't get better, but they have way more than one or two holes. So moving forward, I've got the Denver Broncos losing this game, a field goal. Last minute field goal loses them the game 23-20. Los Angeles Chargers beat the Broncos at home. Uh, That being said, I think they're going to play Drew Locke. I think by the time this podcast, I'm hoping by the time this podcast is released, that news or leaks or announcements of Drew Locke starting will be out there. So stay tuned as Mile High Report gives you coverage on Twitter at Mile High Report. Be sure to check out all my work at Luke Patterson LP on Facebook, Broncos on the Rocks. I appreciate you guys riding with me here as the Denver Broncos roll on in week 13 of the NFL 2019 season. This is Luke from Broncos on the Rocks and always believe in that mile high magic.